everyone. We welcome John Miranda back. We're glad you guys are back with us. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you that came out tonight to do what we do together that's so important. Let's pray together as a body. If you have tithes and offerings tonight, you can drop them off at the tithe boxes on your way out tonight. Uh, we're going to get right into the devotion night because we have a challenge. I got a preacher going to try to do a devotion. You know how that works. So we're going to see how that works tonight. But uh, if it gets too long, we'll take an intermission and we'll come back. <laughs> he knows I'm just kidding. Would you please welcome Mike? Thank you, brother. Man, I'm telling you, he knows how to quench the spirit, don't he? Miranda just done a great job and he just blowed it. <laughs> Amen. It's a, it's a good life living for the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Isn't God good? Amen, all the time. I'm telling you, I, I enjoyed that song. I told Brother Miller she could have just kept on doing it. It was a precious song. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 17. Uh, I don't know if I'd done this before or said this before. I hope I didn't. I don't like to repeat myself sometimes. Well, I do a lot of repeating, but uh, I try not to when it comes to telling uh, little funny stories and stuff. But... Um, uh, there was a Baptist couple, and let me say this. I love Baptists. Matter of fact, I went to the uh, pig Saturday morning, or Sunday morning at the church, uh, got out, and we had about a 15 to 25-minute wait. There's this old couple come out, and they was walking. Man, he, he was on a cane, and she was holding his arm and, you know, trying to get him back to the car. And I, I was sitting down there outside, and I said, hey, can I talk to you for just a minute? And they said, sure, what can we help you with? I said, uh, are you Baptist? They said, yes, we sure are. They were proud of it. We go to Temple Baptist. I said, oh, well, that's cool. I, I like that church. I said, well, the only reason I asked, I knew that you know, were done eating, and usually the Baptists get out first. <laughs> Some of you get it. And they laughed about it. She said, oh, son, we get out at 11. So I said, okay. Well, anyways, there's this Baptist couple. They felt important, equally important, that they wanted to get a pet, but they wanted this pet to be a Baptist pet. So they went shopping, and they went to a kennel that specializes just in Baptist dogs. They found one, and they liked it a lot. When they asked the dog to fetch the Bible, sure enough, just in a flash, they instructed him to, and boy, he went and got it. They said, okay, turn to Psalms 23, and boy, that old dog took his nose, and Psalms 23, just like that, man, just went crazy with it. Man, they were so excited, they purchased that dog, and they was proud of their new Baptist dog and the skills that he had already developed while he was in the Baptist school. And so they thought, well, we'll just invite our friends over. So they invited their friends over and um, uh, that night, and they uh, was proud of their new Baptist dog and the skills that he had required, and the, and uh, they uh, wanted their friends to see the tricks that the dog could do. Well, sure enough, using his paws with credible speed, he tucked that Psalms 23 and turned it right over to him. The friends were impressed. And then they said, well, man, that is great that that dog could do that. Is there any tricks that the dog could do, just normal tricks? And that kind of stopped the couple cold in their tracks and they got thinking well no we didn't we didn't think about that but they said well let's try so they uh 
thought for a minute and uh, once more they called the dog back in and they clearly pronounced uh, to the dog and said, they commanded him, said, heal. Quickly, in a wink of an eye, the dog jumped up on the man's lap and put the paw down upon his forehead and closed his eyes with concentration and bowed his head. And then it was obvious that the couple realized they had been deceived and defrauded. Obviously, the dog was Pentecostal. <laughs> Somebody back there laughing pretty good. Y'all the other ones just doesn't get too much. <laughs> but I want to talk just a little bit uh, tonight. Brother Randy told me, he said, I only got 15 minutes. And uh, I ain't never seen nobody up here since I've been in here doing it for 15 minutes. And so he's giving me the, you know, you do it 15 minutes stuff. So we're going to see what we can do. But man, I'm, I'm thankful for God, aren't you? And the goodness of God. And man, uh, I always say this, but I, I'm, I'm excited about living in this 21st century and the things that's unfolding in our society and the things that's happening. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm more happier today than I was when I was in my 20s and 30s and 40s. Uh, won't go any higher than that, but in that age there, I was always excited about the Lord, but I'm more excited today to see what God's going to do now and in our future than ever before. The reason is I just believe that we're living in the end times and that we're getting closer and closer to uh, the time that the Lord's going to come after his church. And uh, so I think that we are on the, on the, on the, on the very verge of uh, revival and uh, that we're on the verge of God doing something in this, this great land that we call America and that God's going to do something for the churches like never before. And man, don't you want to be right smack dab in the middle of what God's got in store? I've always been excited what God's doing, but I really believe that we're living in a moment and a movement of time in the spirit realm, that God is doing stuff. Things are crazy in our society. Things are kind of uh, upside down at times, and sometimes we don't know whether we're going right or left or straight or forward, but, but God knows. And so uh, I want to preach on a thought tonight, just a, a little bit of ta a thought, but don't, don't let the mountains keep you in the valley. And uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, I'm going to read a few scriptures, and so just kind of bear with me. And it says, And when they come to the multitude, there came a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, and sore and vexed, and oftentimes falls into the fire, and often into the water. And they brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, O faithful and preserved generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of the child and was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, and I thought this was very interesting, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and they shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible with you. It's, it's, it's noteworthy here that the disciples have been gone out, and they have done great miracles, and they have done great things, and that they've seen God move, and they, they've seen uh, miracles right before their eyes because God had sent them out, and they got to see God at work in their own personal lives when they went out 
uh, laying hands on the sick and different things happening. But this part of the scripture in Matthew 17 and 20 says, because you're unbelief. But then he goes on in verse 21 and said, but, but how be it? But let me just say this, he said, this kind that this young man has, it only goeth out by prayer and fasting. He said that you've done a lot of things, but this certain incident here, no matter what you do, no matter what you try to do, no matter how much you muster up or anything, he said the only way it's on to come out, and that's through prayer and fasting. How be it, this kind goeth out by prayer and fasting. The miracle of the, uh, the, the, the demon possessed, the deliverance of the demonstration to the disciples of the tremendous power that Christ had. Jesus just spoke the words and the man was healed and made whole. And so you couple that with the faith that Jesus had of his God. Like the disciples, we command to live in the arena of faith. And God wants us to live in faith. Uh, in faith. The curse of sin of unbelief will always stand in the way of successful spiritual life. The enemy's always going to try to put doubt, unbelief in us. I, 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 uh, I know that you could be the best of the best of preachers. And we still at times question uh, whether it's God's will that we do this or that. We always wondering because we're stepping out by faith and we're just trying to ask God, what is he doing? What's he got planned and what's going to transpire? But still, you know, we thank God you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you asked or even that you think according to the power that worketh in us. Bear with me for a minute because I want to try to get us to a point and to a place. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. And when you're in a place at times in your life, and we've all been down that road, we've always seen like there's attack of the enemy. Uh, there's times that the enemy comes more upon us to attack us, uh, whether it's for a short season or a long season. There's just times that it happens. Sometimes uh, there's sickness and there's sometimes there's uh, diseases that happen to even the child of God and to the church and to individually. And, and so there's times that things happen, but a lot of times that we don't understand that we pray and I, I'm seeing it in this church and I've been around different ones that talked about how that God has done certain things in their life by being in this place and uh, uh, Brother Miller and Brother Randy laid hands upon people at times and, and they were sick and they, 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 they got healed and they recovered of it and, and they, they did fine and, and they're doing fine today and uh, uh, there's times that sometimes you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you still feel the same old way. We've all been there before. We've all had those times that we go through. Sometimes we just wonder, God, how long is this going to uh, attack me? How long am I going to be in this situation? How long is this mountain going to be in my way, God? How long do I got to fight this battle? How long do I got to intercede for this thing? Because I, I, I'm about come to the point where I can't hardly make it no more, God. I believe sometimes we're like the man that they lowered down in the, in the, in the temple there where Jesus was, and uh, the man was in bed. He, was, he was, couldn't get out of it. He had four friends that loved him, and they believed in the power of Jesus. And sometimes we get to a point where uh, we're so exhausted that somebody's got to help carry our load. And so when they lowered him down, the Bible said that Jesus raised him up. And, but Jesus, the odd thing there, that Jesus looked and said, I'm not looking at his faith, but I'm looking at the four men's faith. 
And so sometimes it takes faith of others to help us recover. There's just different times. But in Matthew 21 and 18, it says, Now in the morning as we re he returned to the city, <clears throat> he said, in Matthew 21 and 19, And when he saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no, fig, no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. In verse 20, it says, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is this fig tree withered away? In 21, Jesus said unto, unto them, Verily I say unto you, He that have faith and doubt not, he shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done. Now, that's what he said. He said, it shall be done, right? He's talking to the individual here or the corporate body of the church. He said, if you asked anything in my name, he said, I'm going to do it. In verse 22, it says, all things whatsoever ye asked in prayer, believe and ye shall receive. That's powerful, but it's true tonight. He said, whatever you asked in prayer, you must well go ahead and get in your head. He said, don't, don't waver. He said, but whatsoever ye asked in prayer, believe it and you shall receive it. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on tonight. Because I know that if you believe it, you're going to receive it. There's times that, that, that we all get into a place where we lack in prayer or we lack in uh, uh, seeking the Lord or we lack in this. There's times that my wife will look at me square in the eyes and she says, listen, you haven't prayed with me in a few days. <laughs> now, I'd like to tell you I'm a spiritual giant when it comes to prayer, but I'm not. Sometimes it's hard to pray. But she'll grab my hand and said, you're going to pray tonight before you go to sleep. And so we'll grab each other's hand and we'll, we'll say a prayer and uh, I'll get done. Then she'll start praying a little bit. But she always is good about reminding me that we, we haven't prayed in a while. Normally we do. We always say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evils. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. We always, I can't talk as fast as Brother Miller like that, but... We always, we always try to pray, but when I'm lacking a little bit or I've been busy or uh, just tired or whatever, she'll always remind me that, hey, we haven't prayed in a little while. So I'm thankful that, 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 that she does that because it, it helps me and it just keeps getting me and motivating me. Again, Jesus used the miracle to demonstrate the power of his faith. His purpose is not to confound the disciples, but rather to encourage them to activate their faith and to eliminate unbelief from their hearts. At some point in our lives, we're going to face problems which loom before us as fearsome and impossible mountains. We're going to stand before them defeated and broken and helpless and hopeless. We're going to have feelings of resonations, accepting of the unfortunate situation that it's not going to get any better. We're going to be in some kind of despair. Become impotent in our Christian life. The very ideal of conquering faith becomes quite a bit hard, actually. 
It's hard to muster up to us. And we find ourselves in unbelief and overwhelming our lifestyle sometimes shows it. Jesus wants us to realize that that same truth demonstrates to disciples. If we will believe and not doubt in our heart the mountain of despairs which harass our lives and harass us and limits our lives will be destroyed in the name that's above every name. There's, there's a God in heaven that says, if you'll do just what I tell you to do, and if you'll obey me, listen, mountain moving preparation, is it really a mountain or is it a molehill? Is it really things that's impossible, uh, not impossible? Do you think that we serve a God that can't do the impossible? A woman came to her pastor and said, God, I know, pastor, that God answers prayer. Her pastor replied, well, Susie, no, this girl's name's Karen. Does anybody know Karen? Anybody know Karen's that I'm talking about? Well, this girl hadn't been a Karen. Well, Sister Karen, that's great. That's wonderful. How is it that you come to know that God's answered your prayer? She said, well, you know, she replied, you know, I've been praying a lot for, uh, I've been having a lot of trouble with Mrs. Smith. She's been on always bugging me and nagging me. And I've been praying that God would deal with her. And did you know yesterday she fell down and broke her hip? So I know God's answering my prayer. <laughs> Wrong prayer. What is a spiritual position with God? Don't expect God to answer prayers in your life if it's unfaithful. It's very hard to believe for the big things if you haven't learned to believe him for the small things. Mountain moving tools, you must have faith, not merely a casual or indifference attitude. Mountain moving faith is a living part of the Christian's life. Faith is not an achievement, it's really a lifestyle. It's something that you walk every day of your life. Fasting is not simply doing without food. If fasting was simply to do without food, and if that was really true, every dieter would be spiritual giants tonight. Everybody would be on the bandwagon. Not to mention millions of hungry people all over the world. Fasting is to move mountains, is an act of sacrifice to bring our bodies under subjection to the spirit of prayer and faith. See, I believe tonight in the, 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 the realm of prayer and fasting. There's some things that we got to do that's really going to move God. And sometimes when you get hungry enough and thirsty enough and you get to a place in your life, nothing else is working. Can I encourage you to fast a little while? Can I encourage you to put yourself to the side and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. That we get to a place that we allow ourselves to get in tune with the Spirit of God and find that place in God that we hide away in. And say, God, I can't move if you don't do anything. When you get desperate, desperate times really does call for desperate measures. We'll see problems go away. We'll see mountains moved. When we see God honor our faith, by destroying the mountains that's in our lives. And, and church, we must well face it, we all have mountains. We all go through things in certain seasons of life that we just need God to intervene upon. We go through things in life that we just need a move of heaven. 
God, if you don't move, I'm going to die. God, if you don't move, I'm not going to make it through this situation. God, if you don't move on this situ situation that I'm in or that's around me, God, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to pull through this thing. See, when we get desperate with God and we begin to pray and seek him and seek the horns of the altar and really begin to fast and pray that God said, listen, this thing, I, I have prayed about it. I have read the word about it. I have uh, done everything that I know to do. And Jesus says, well, listen, why don't you just fast about it? Because he said the only thing that was lacking with the disciples at this particular point. Now notice they did other things and God seen, they seen miracles of God. But this boy was a lunatic. He had a spirit in him that just wasn't going to come out by saying, saying, in the name of Jesus. There had to be some power back behind the name of Jesus. There had to be a place that you hid away with God and that you found an altar of prayer and, and that your body didn't crave hunger for God, but it, it, hang, it got hungry that God would move a mountain in your life. Whether it's your life, your children's life, or your grandparents' life, your mother's life, or somebody's life, somebody's depending upon you to help pray that mountain out of their way. Just simple. Mountain movers, we speak to it, we pass it. <laughs> we wonder why there's killings in our street. We wonder why there's dope in our schools. We pass every day and we don't say, God, protect that school. We don't speak life over anything hardly anymore. But I believe that if we'll pass by certain places, God, I pray that you'll touch that school and protect it from any harm. I believe that we could speak life to that place. We walk in the hoods or we walk into bad places where drugs are rampant, ran, uh, going rampant rampage and, and you get shooters in the street that a block away, somebody said, I heard a gunshot. Somebody said, what did you do? I didn't do nothing because it's getting normal in Papa Bluff. The church is the one that could rise up in the time and day that we live in and go by those places and say, God, I plead the blood of of Jesus over this neighborhood. I plead the blood, God, that you'll protect it, that you'll protect the sons and, and the daughters and the young and the old. I believe there's power in the name of Jesus. When you pass it by, your workplace, your friends, the bad parts of town, when you've exhausted it all, you've tried everything, when you've done everything that you know to do, then strip yourself and begin to say, God, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do nothing until you move in my situation. I'm telling you, church, God wants to move. He wants to move on behalf of the church. God takes joy in doing great things for his people. He does. He wants to see it. Listen. There ain't nobody get a hold of the Lord more than I can when it affects one of my family members. Uh-uh. I had a three-year-old daughter. I was at work, and we was at work, and I got a call one day 
said there's been an accident at the babysitter's house. Said you need to get to the hospital quickly. I went in there and my daughter had been, uh, the, the babysitter had went to the store and they had a big four-wheel drive truck and Stephanie followed that truck out and got behind that truck and the lady put it in gear and ran over her back, over her, she knocked the bumper, knocked her down and the, uh, the, the tire ran, run over her head and they had to rush her to the hospital. Her ear was pulled halfway off and her head swelled up like two basketballs. I can tell you talking about an old boy went to an old trailer house where I was living. I got down on my knees and I began to bombard heaven. I said, God, that's my baby. You've given her to me, and I'm not going to let the devil take her away. you talking about somebody that knew how to pray. I just knew how to pray. And when I prayed, I trusted God that I'm going to get up. Everything's going to look all right. I went back to that hospital. They said her head keeps swelling. I said, I don't care what the report says. I know the report of the Lord. I didn't care what they thought about it, what they said about it. I just knew that God was going to intervene. I felt peace like a river tonight. Uh, there was a time that my baby daughter was on uh, another baby daughter. I don't know. We just had trouble with our kids, but she was sitting, you know, back then they didn't have to have car seats. And so Mandy, my baby daughter, was sitting on the arm of the passenger side and her mother was at the pig and they was getting something to eat. Well, my, uh, her mother backed, uh, backed out and when she did, Stephanie and Mandy fell out of the car. And we had an old shivvy citation. And something got a hold of her back of her neck and it drugged her. Uh, we had a stick shift and it drugged her and the gravel just ate her side of her face all the way down to her toes. It just ate her. And every step of the way, I was at a prayer meeting and they said that tire was just a few inches from her head, but something kept dragging her and dragging her until finally she could get the car stopped. And I, we was there praying and it just happened to be, I was praying for my children that night as well. Then all of a sudden here it was a few years ago. My daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. The doctor said call them in. We're not going to be able to save her. She just keeps going downhill. See, in desperate times there comes desperate measures and we know how to get a hold of God and we begin to pray and begin to seek him, church. I'm telling you there's power in prayer. I know people was praying all over the place but I'm telling you my son-in-law was upset. I found me a place and I prayed and I said, God, you gave her to me and it's not time for her to go be with you. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, she shall live and not die. I'm telling you, church, there's power in prayer. It's not power in Mike Burton. It's not power in anything that I do. It's because I know who Jesus is. Sometimes when you can do nothing, but pray, that's all that Jesus requires us of. There was times I couldn't pray. But I'm glad that I had other brothers and sisters praying for me. There's times I was too broken. Too down, too discouraged. Exhausted, wore out. But I can tell you the times that God did the impossible. See, I believe that with prayer and fasting, there's nothing that God won't do for us. 
I don't believe there's a child out there that God can't save. I don't believe there's a person out here in the world or in the church that God can't heal. But I believe it's our responsibility as a church to pray, to have the goods. Somebody's dependent on us. Somebody needs our prayers. Somebody needs us tonight. They really do. Somebody needs miracle and they're looking for a church that has the miracles in it. Jesus said, when I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I'll draw all men to me. When I myself begin to lift, be lifted up, he said, I'll, I'll draw all men to me. Church, I don't know what mountain could be in your life tonight, but I do know a mountain mover. I don't know what you've been struggling with for weeks after weeks or even month after month, but I can tell you there's a God that's in the house that can move that mountain. He's a mountain mover tonight. He's a mountain mover. It's just simple and plain as that, that he just moves mountains. And I was, I really wanted to just talk about prayer and fasting, the importance of it, and how powerful we can be as a weapon against the enemy through prayer and fasting. Listen, the devil don't like us. We're a threat to his kingdom. But God wants us to be that army that rises up in this 21st century. If a revival is going to start, why don't it just start here? If the fire is going to fall, why don't we just let it fall here? I, I don't care what Azusa Street did. I, I care about what Palace did. I want us to be a light in the dark world tonight. I've heard enough about all these fires that's been all over the world and things that's happened. Kirkpatrick and down there in, in uh, Florida and all the things that happened there, which is great, which is wonderful, but God's not a God of respect or a person. He wants us to let revival fall here. I don't believe the women pray on Tuesdays and Monday nights and the men prays on Monday nights and that we come coincidentally at church on a Wednesday night that we just come just because we want to show up and oh God look what we did. I believe we come because we really want to move of God. I believe that we don't fake this thing. We don't try to muster up anything. We really want to move of God. And church I, I believe that God wants to move every mountain and you know what? Fire catches fire. It catches a hold of people. You get it stirred up far enough, man, it's going to spread out throughout the community. And I believe that God's planted us here for a purpose and for a reason. Would you stand with me tonight? <clears throat> and I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I hope that, that you got something in some way out of this message that I'm trying to get across that, man, we serve a God that moves mountains tonight. And if you're here, first of all, and you got a mountain and you've faced that thing forever, and you just ain't, can't seem to break through, 
Randy was telling me that he had a breakthrough in his office with somebody the other day, and I won't mention who it is, but he said that he had a God moment. Come on, church, we need some God moments around here. We need some God moments in our lives. We need to know that what we're doing is real tonight, church. And if God can give a God moment in the office, I guarantee he wants to give a God moment in the sanctuary. God moment. Randy had a God moment over the weekend. God is in the God moving moment business. So if you got a, 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 a need tonight, listen. We got enough prayer people here that knows how to pray. That you don't have to fight this thing alone. That you ain't got to battle this by yourself. That you can face a God moment right here. You don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. That's a good song, by the way. But if you're here before we pray, we want you to come. And, and we want some of these ladies, some men to pray with you. If you want to come, just step out where you're at right now.